where I play, as long as I go number one in the draft. From the Erie Otters, Connor McDavid. From the London Knights, Mitch Marner. From the Western Hockey League's Brandon Wheat Kings, Nolan Patrick. This is Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. He checks an enormous amount of boxes. Nobody in this draft did more with less. I absolutely love him. It's not his skills that anybody's concerned about. It's that playing attitude. And quite frankly, it's really poor. Speeding towards the future of the NHL. From the U.S. Development Program, Jacob Truba. From Faryastad of the Swedish Elite League, Jonas Brodin. From the Boston U Terriers, Brady Kachuk. He could play in the NHL next year. He's one of those guys. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to another edition of Tracking the Draft with Craig Button, the director of scouting for TSN and former GM of the Calgary Flames, will be along very shortly. This is Season 2, Episode 30, and we're creeping closer and closer to the draft. No show next week, um, so then we'll only have two more before they actually kick things off. And this is where the stars of tomorrow are discovered and discussed. And these are the stars of tomorrow we are going to be discussing today. Matthew Beneers, Matty Goals, they should call him. Matty Offense of the Michigan Wolverines. Look at that original purchase price, just $50. Uh, this player, I could see this guy going first overall in the UFHL, the Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League, which is going to be a massive return on investment for Spitfire scouting. We're also going to chat about Samu Tuomala. Uh, from Alpine Scouting. Nice return of investment on this player as well because Sniper is all you hear about this guy. But as Craig is going to tell you, there's a little bit more dimensions than just that one that he has as a goal scorer. And the guy everybody was talking about last year, the first ever player auctioned off in the UFHL, went for $300. Then to Ruby ISS, Atu Radu, uh, forward, uh, played in La Liga this year. Uh, was was uh, purchased for three hundred dollars, uh, and then you know things skyrocketed from there. But will be very interesting. I think this is still a really good player, just not first overall. Could be a very quality player. We'll find out what uh, Craig thinks about that. Uh, we're also going. I'm going to ask Craig about uh, revisiting the uh, 2012 draft, comparing it to this one. And Andre Tournier sounds like he could be the next head coach of the Coyotes. Is that the right fit for Andre? And, you know, what kind of a hire is that for the ex-Jets? So we'll have all that to come uh, as we go. Craig joins us on the UFFS hotline. Check out the website, www.uffsports.com, and you can become a scout. You can become a scout by just paying the $25 fee, and then you don't even have to bid on the big players, uh, you know, the, the where Atu Ratu went for $300 and things like that. You could just... You know, list open market players for $20 and hope they pay off. But it's so much fun to be in the game. Your real-world scouting for a fantasy, amazing fantasy hockey league. So then you can go to these games, watch the players, make your evaluations, go home, list that player. It's brilliant. Uh, Craig is the president of High Level Scouting, owned by my wife Trish, and he's also the vice president of scouting for 
Duckman's domination in the UFHL. We got five first round picks, so Craig will be very integral, uh, an integral part of us uh, d- drafting this year, and that's why we do this show, so I can learn and everybody else can learn a little bit about uh, scouting and player evaluations as well. And this is being broadcast on the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. Man, things are blowing up for UFSN. Uh, we've got some really exciting things uh, coming out forward uh, towards you as we build and expand and bring fantasy sports further into the mainstream, attached to the blockchain, that is. Uh, fantasy sports has been pretty mainstream. But we have a network. If you want to join it, if you want to be part of our network, if you want to talk fantasy sports, email us, ufsn at uffsports.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at ufsnetwork. Uh, DMs are open. So if you have a fantasy sports show, whether it's weekly, daily, monthly, whatever it is, you want to be on our network, reach out. Uh, we can chat. And, uh, yeah, I think you'll have a lot of fun being a part of uh, not only on UFSN, but being in the UFFS family. So many big things. The uh, the F- American football franchise auctions go July 16th to 18th. Uh, and there's a big VIP event. Well, there's several VIP events in Vegas, live show on the Sunday as they count down uh, to the franchise auctions. If you want to bid on a franchise, you can get into the VIP parties. All the details, uffsports.com. So many things going on. It is just so exciting. All right, speaking of exciting, let's get to him now, Mr. Craig Button. Here he is, the director of scouting for TSN, former GM of the Calgary Flames, and a Stanley Cup champion with the Dallas Stars. Plus, he's a sharp-dressed man with a heart of gold and a passion to match it. Craig Button. Craig, we're creeping up to the uh, 2021 draft, and uh, I wonder, I'm going to invert the numbers a little bit, and I'm going to ask you, does this draft in any way remind you a little bit about 2012, just in the fact that there is some top-heavy defensemen in this draft, and you know there were some defensemen drafted pretty high back in the 2012 draft, and then you know there's the, the odd forward in there that could really throw a wrench into things, and we're going to talk about the, one of them today, but do you see any any of 2012, when you look at this, not by how good the players are, just by the positions being at the top? Well, there was eight defensemen out of the first 10 picks uh, selected wow. that were defensemen, right? So, I mean, it, it, that that was so unique in so many different ways. And and certainly, so, so there are some similarities. I'll tell you what draft this reminds me of, for me personally. It reminds me of the 1995 NHL draft. It was the first NHL lockout. And the NHL started up towards the uh, latter part of January. And a lot of teams, I mean, it was a very different economic system. A lot of teams scaled back significantly on their scouting. Significantly, let me tell you. Okay? Because there was a lot of uncertainty surrounding the draft and, and scouting. And, uh, you know, uh, you're trying to uh, manage your, your finances the best way possible. We were really lucky in Dallas. Uh, Norm Green was our owner, and and he really felt that scouting was was something that was essential, 
and that we needed to uh, make sure that we didn't uh, fall back in that regard. He, he, he looked at it as an opportunity. Les Jackson, who you know very well, and uh, somebody that I have the greatest respect for, was our assistant GM. And one of the things that he asked us and we did was, you know, wherever we could use frequent flyer miles, hotel points, whatnot, to try to, uh, you know, take away some of the financial burden on uh, Norm Green and our ownership, uh, he encouraged us. And we did do that. We never stopped scouting, uh, Dean. And, you know, teams all of a sudden, it, it comes up, uh, we get to a point where, you know, we are at, you know, teams are now trying to catch up. We, we weren't in catch up mode. We were in full evaluation mode. And if you go back and look at Central Scouting's final rankings, uh, at that time, there was 26 teams in the league. I think Jerome McGinley was rated 24, 25, 26. Now, I, we picked 11th and selected Jerome McGinley. And, you know, I, I know right after that draft, or right after we drafted Jerome McGinley, Frank Benello, who was running Central Scouting, came and asked me, he goes, Craig, like, you know, this this came out of left field. You know what? I said, well, we've been scouting all year, Frank. So we felt really confident. And he goes, geez, it just seems really kind of off base. I said, that's okay. I mean, obviously you had him ranked in a place that you were felt comfortable with. We took him in a place that we felt comfortable with. This draft, okay, even with video, has a lot of those similarities. There's going to be teams that have a lot more confidence because they've uh, taken – the opportunity to, to, to evaluate in different ways. And I'm not saying better, but in different ways that will lend them that, that confidence. And so with, with the lack of playing time for a lot of players, you don't have as much uh, data on them. Like Corson Kulamans, I think he played 14 games total this year. So you can go watch all the video you want. Mm -hmm. It's only 14 games. <laughs> and six of those games were in a 10-day span. So you, you, you start to try to evaluate everything. So that's where I look back. So the similarities to 2012 were there because of, uh, you know, some really good defensemen. And, I, like, you know, I think that Carson Lambos probably has to be in that mix uh, with those other four defensemen because, you know, just because uh, you, you might see him outside the top ten at this point in time doesn't mean he won't slip into the top ten. So, you know, eight in that draft in the first ten, you know, you're looking at five potentially that could go in the top ten here. Interesting. And one of the guys who's going to try to throw a wrench into those uh, top picks is Matthew Beneers. Matty Goals, maybe they should call him. Uh, Matty the Wolverine uh, from Michigan to forward uh, out of the Big Ten. Spitfire scouting. How about that? $50 they purchased this player for in the initial franchise auction. And uh, there's going to be quite a return on that. 10 goals, 14 assists in 24 games at Michigan. Um, uh, what stood out for you when you watched him in his freshman season uh, with the Wolverines at Yost Arena? Well, I'll tell you what stands out about Maddie all the time is, is that he can do so many different things in the game so well. You know, I've compared him in terms of type to Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat is, is a player that might not have the sex appeal of, of, of other players. And by sex appeal, I mean that flash and dash, you know, highlight reel type uh, uh, plays that he makes. But Bo Horvat makes a difference in, in significant and multiple areas of the game. And I've heard some, 
some comparisons in terms of style to Jonathan Taze. Mm -hmm. So let me just see. Bo Horvat, Jonathan Taze. So, you know, we're talking about two really, really, Jonathan, Jonathan Taze is a Hall of Famer, and Bo Horvat is a real key player for the Vancouver Canucks. So when you start discussing a player like Matty Beneers, and you start to say, what is the standout quality for Matty Beneers? I, I, I would say it's his completeness. Like, you know, you know, he's, he's, he's obviously you have to have those high end, those really top end skills and he does, but it's, it's the completeness of his game. It's the, it's how he is in playing the game in, in, in all the different areas and, and, and contributing with different elements and, you know, good, good forwards, good centermen. And, and Matt, 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 he's played on the wing as well, but I see him clearly as a center. They, they, he, he understands whoever he's playing with what they need. Like, okay, so the goal scorer, I got to make sure I go and do things to help him. And, you know, he might be playing with a playmaker where he takes on more of a goal scoring uh, presence. And because of, because of that understanding of where he is on the ice and who he is on the ice with and who he's playing against, that makes him a real valuable uh, player uh, with respect to potential. And that, that's how I view Maddie Beniers, and I, I, I think somebody's going to get a, a, a really terrific player. Dean, I'm going to tell you this now, okay? I could wait till next Wednesday, but I'm going to have my, my final list is coming out next J July 10th, July 8th. I don't, what, what, what's, the, what's the date? July 8th, coming out July 8th. Yeah. But I'll give you a little preview of what my top five is going to be. It's changing. It's power at one. Brant Clark at two. I haven't made up my mind yet if it's going to be Matty Beneers at three or William Eklund, but they're going to be three, four, or four, three. And then number five is going to be Luke Hughes. I've already settled on that, and I'm just going back. I, I, William Eklund can play center ice. So I just compared uh, Matt, Matty Beneers to a Horvat. I've heard, the, the, and I can see why people would say Jonathan Taze in terms mm -hmm. of type. And I look at William Eklund and I see Sebastian Ajo. Okay. <laughs> you can understand why I might be having a lot of debate right through the weekend with myself. Yeah, right up until you have to hit send on that, uh, possibly. Yeah, yeah probably. And, and Dean, I know this when I have debates with myself, I never win. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we never do win. Yeah, exactly. There's there's no winner. You know, I, I watched a, kind of a highlight video of Beneers, and I, and I was so happy that, yeah, they showed some of the, the finesse. You know, he's not a flashy player. He just gets it done. There are guys that are more yeah. flashy, but there maybe aren't guys that are more complete because what I saw is him making a great defensive play in his own zone to break up a scoring chance, and then on the same shift, being the first four-checker to disrupt the play at the other end. And and I guess I'm asking, is he the most complete player when you look a skater forward rather in this draft of all the forwards? Is he the most complete that can do a little bit of everything really really well? You want me to tell you who number six is going to be on my list? <laughs> sure. Fyodor Svechkov. Okay. Okay. And we've talked about Fyodor on, on on this, okay? And I think Fyodor has got like Datsuk type uh, game. Right. That ability to just impact the game. So, you know, I, I, I would say that it might, I, I'm going to have Beneers ahead of Svechkov. So that would tell you that, yes, to your answer, we're talking razor thin margin between complete players between him and Svechkov as forwards.
and as centerman, as centerman, right. which I think is significant. Well, this is going to be interesting. Uh, it's 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 amazing. The uh, the NHL teams are going to really have their choice of that you know power, pardon the pun, uh, defenseman or uh, some really great overall forwards uh, at the top. Anyway, uh, for those players that are uh, drafting or those teams oh, that are sure, drafting yeah. at the top, like there's just there's just so much choice. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, there isn't really that. Uh, you know, clear-cut McDavid uh, number one type player. Well, there there isn't a lot of times in a draft that that McDavid type player. But this is a draft that just I think has a lot of intrigue, and I think that's exciting from a fan perspective. It, it, it is right because you, you know the teams are working through their process of trying to you know uh, evaluate players vis-a-vis other players that they're looking at at different points of the draft. And the first round is obviously significant for them. But, you know, you, you know, you start to hear, oh, well, what about this player? What about that player? Oh, well, geez, you know, more insider. Oh, that was off the board. Well, mm-hmm. it couldn't have been off the board because the Detroit Red Wings are the only people that get to make the decision who they're taking. So their board said more insider. That, that, no other board matters. And that's the intrigue. And, and, and obviously after the fact, you know, you can go and look, oh boy, like we didn't hear about that player or we, you know, the thought was he might not go that early. Fair enough. And that's all fair in terms of prospect evaluation and prospect rankings. But at the same time, it's the intrigue you talk about. You know, he, he, here's this here's this really good defenseman, more insider that they see a lot of potential in and other people may not see the same potential. Mm-hmm. That's good. You know, why, you know, we're, we're going to do... Uh, uh, Bob McKenzie's going to have his final ranking show on July 19th, I believe. And we're going to do a mock draft on July 20th. But we're going to do a redraft of the uh, 2019 NHL draft. Top 10 picks. Just a, a fun thing to do. That's all mm-hmm. it is, right? But go look at some of the guys that were drafted outside the top 10. And I think you're going to find that the, the, when we go and do that in the mock draft, uh, just a little bit of a look back. Yeah, I think it'll become pretty obvious who's going to slip into the top 10. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, I'm looking forward to that for sure. And, you know, there's there's lots of those candidates when you look at guys sliding in or out of whether it's top 5s, 10s, 15s. Uh, I want to talk about this uh, next player, Samu uh, Tuamala, a forward with Carpat U20 in uh, SM Sarja. And Alpine Scouting, uh, I believe is based in Switzerland. Uh, Jeffrey picked this up for $35. Uh, so that's looking like it could be a nice little return on investment as well. And pretty strong season, 15 goals, 16 assists in 31 games. Now, I have read uh, the word sniper almost every time attached to it he's also right-handed so am i getting too excited thinking right-handed sniper ovechkin liney or can you dissect his 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 shot a bit and his his scoring ability for me well so why don't we start he's a really good offensive player and one of the things that's always impressed me about samu and and you know it goes back and, and and it's always a good opportunity dean when we talk about the scouting process right so you see the numbers, 15 goals, 16 assists. You go, wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, it is. It's really good. There's no question about it. But so so often over the course of evaluating him in the last few years, you're watching him do all the things that I believe that when he gets with better players, 
will reward him to a greater extent. You know, moving to the right areas of the ice, giving up the puck, just because he didn't get it back doesn't mean that that, that he should be uh, marked uh, down because of that. Like, it, it just means that he's already doing the things you expect a player to do at the next level. And when he gets playing with better players, well, he's going to get rewarded for that. I see the ability to get open in the offensive zone. You know, it's it's not getting open where you think you're open. It's getting open where a play can be made to take advantage of your skills. So to me, when I watch Samu play, I see a player that's got a really, really sharp offensive mind. He, he likes to shoot the puck, and he's a really good shooter. He's got really good accuracy and a really good release. But one of the things about Samu, too, is, is that he uses that shot also as a weapon to set up the playmaking. And, you know, now it keeps players off, it keeps opponents off balance. And, and, and I think those are really, really strong skills and attributes to have that translate to the NHL. You know, you know, I always work on comparables and I, when I say type and comparable types. And, you know, one of the players that, that he's reminded me over the time and I was very high on him in his draft year and I continue to be high on him is Anthony Beauvillier of the New York Islanders. Mm. I think Samu's got kind of, maybe Samu's got a little bit more high-end offensive ability, but he's dialed into the game. He's, he, he's attacking. He, he's hungry. He's competitive. And he's going to be in every significant fight for a puck, fight for space, fight to get open, fight to back off a defenseman. And that's why I use Anthony Beauvillier, because Anthony Beauvillier is invested. He's invested fully. I see that in Samu Tuomola, and he very well could be a player that is going to produce um, at, at a higher rate than Anthony Beauvillier. But that type of mentality, that type of an approach to the game, that's what I see in uh, in Samu. And I, you know, he like I, I think I, I I don't know where I had him at, like coming out of the U18. Watch next Thursday, July 8th. He's going to be higher because mm. you go back and evaluate, Dean. You go back and evaluate it. And you know what? You test. One of the things that, and this is important too for uh, talking about the scouting process. A lot of times, not a lot of times, what you should be doing in my view is that when you're forming, when you're having your scouting discussions, debates, disagreements, whatever it is, and you, and you come and you sit down and you say, okay, here's where it looks. Okay, let's test this now. Let's test this order. Let's, uh, are we really comfortable with this guy over this guy, this guy over this guy, this guy over this guy? Mm -hmm. And, and it's, so having gone through that with a group and, and, and how you, and, and again, you emerge on the other side of it with confidence. And that's what I'm trying to do individually. I'm trying to emerge with greater confidence. It's not that, like I'm saying, well, this will make me absolutely right. I'm just trying to say why I would have this guy here ahead of that guy. And so the evaluation that I've gone through in the last two months post U18 tournament where a lot of information came in has really helped me go through this exercise of just testing, testing my list, testing my own evaluations. I don't have the opportunity to test it with other people for the most part. But Samu will be higher than you saw him earlier. 
Well, and it's interesting. Uh, some guys, they have that great shot in whatever junior college league they're in. And we've talked about this before. You know, shooting on junior and college-aged goaltenders is much different than when you get to the <laughs> NHL and you're shooting on NHL goaltenders. It sounds like he has a bit of an above-average shot that, you know, should help him. But also, you know, we've seen guys that are just one-shot scorers or whatever they call them where they just sit in that spot and then they get to the next level or they get to they face a better team that just starts taking that away so it sounds like there is more offensive awareness with Samu that he's developed and did you did you see that in uh, in his U18 performance that oh wow this guy is uh thinking more than just the one timer all the time oh no there's no question about it Dean and and again watching uh games from his uh season this year in Finland you know, I saw lots of examples where he's coming deep into the defensive zone and where he gets the puck and he moves it, then he opens up through the middle of the ice. Samu is not a one-trick uh, offensive player. He, he's a really good player. He's an he's a excellent skater. You know, he's quick, he's fast, he's sturdy. And, you know, so when he can use that, that quickness and speed, and, and remember, it's not always just with the puck. It's also getting open. And that's when I say to you, you know, when you watch him give up the puck and then move to an opening and, and, and you go, geez, that, he needs the puck back there. Hmm. Just because the guys or he was playing with this year didn't get him the puck, you move up to the National League level and you're playing with good offensive players, they're going to get you the puck. That's what I want to see. And now I've seen that from Sam. That's uh, that's awesome. That's what you want to see exactly, uh, the development of a player. Well, Craig joins us courtesy of the UFFS hotline. Scouting uh, is so important uh, to this platform, and not only will franchises be drafting, bidding on the 2021 draft class, but the scouts, they're also going to get to bid on the 2024 draft class, the top 64 or 64 of the top four uh, players that we can predict anyway, uh, for the 2024 draft will be up for auction this summer very shortly and then after that it's open market and that's where the really really smart scouting comes in and you can get in the game right now for just 25 bucks become an independent scout or form a partnership uh, with another agency or an existing franchise check out www.uffsports.com and get in the game where you own the game with these future NFTs. All right, let's discuss uh, the uh, third player today, and that's Atu Ratti, uh, forward with Carpat of uh, Liga. Originally purchased uh, by Ruby ISS Scouting for $300. This was the very first player ever auctioned off in our Fantasy Hockey League Scouting program, and then was recently sold uh, to Can West Scouting. Uh, and so he had three goals, three assists in 35 games. And uh, we'll, we'll get to where he was and where he is in, in a minute uh, in the rankings. But what are the aspects of his game that excite you? Because oftentimes the very first thing I see people talking about with this guy is, wow, he's really dropped and what's wrong. Let's talk about what you like about him and what an NHL team is going to like uh, should they draft him. I love his skating. I love his skating. I think he's fast and quick and agile and powerful. And, you know, you, you, you combine that skating uh, with, a, with, a, with an attack mentality. That's what I see in him. I, he, he wants to attack. He uses that skating to, tr to, to, to get in uh, and, and, and attack. Now, he, he ran into a speed bump here. 
and I'm not really sure why he did. The easy thing to say is, is that he's dropped, and I, I, like, I think that based on projections, it's clear that, that, that he's not as high as he once was, and, and, and that. But now you ask yourself the question is, okay, why did that happen? And, and part of the why, Dean, has to be, okay, did you over-evaluate some things? Or was there other things that may, be, may have impacted him? I know last year at the World Junior Hockey Tournament in, Slovak in Czech Republic, he was a player. Now, keep this in mind. Anton Lundell got hurt, okay? Could not participate. Had to, had to, uh, had to forego the tournament. Then Rasmus Kupari got hurt <laughs> in, the, uh, in the tournament early on. So that was left to Jonathan uh, Tanus and Atu Ratti to really pick it up and carry a lot of significant blood. They played in the medal round, Dean. <laughs> Finland played in the medal round, okay? They beat the USA in the quarterfinal and got to the medal round. Atu Ratti was a big part of that. Now, I know speaking from my, for myself is that, you know, watching him attack, watching him skate, watch the way he takes the initiative and wants to play. Like, I may have uh, over-evaluated how much offensive ability he has, but I will say this. My overestimation is not going to be now an underestimation based on what he did. I think, and, and think about this player, and this is the player that I think he can be like, and I think this guy's a really good player. And we saw him score 40 goals in his first year with the Vegas Golden Knights, and that's William Carlson. William Carlson was never going to be a 40-goal scorer. He won't be. He's not that type of player in my view. He had a terrific season. But what he is now is just such a good centerman. 20 goals, 25 goals, I'll take it. And I'll take 50 points because of all the other things that William Carlson does in the game and, 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 and how effective he is in the game. That's my comparable now for Atu Ratti. And so, uh, you know, again, I'll put it right on my shoulders is that, you know, I may have overestimated some of that offensive ability, but I'm not underestimating what he can be. William Carlson is a really good player in the National Hockey League. Yeah, indeed. Um, now, now we don't know. Well, obviously, Team Finland didn't feel he, you know, was playing well to yeah. take him in the World Juniors. How much do you think that has an impact? You know, if he goes to the World Juniors and has a great tournament, is he, you know, in the top ten for some people? Or, you know, how much do you think that set him back? Or is that focusing too much on one tournament? Well, I, I, I mean, you take in, you, you know, you want to understand. One thing I, like, I, I know the Finns exceptionally well, and I know their process, right? They're not rash. They're not, they're not knee-jerk, right? Like, mm. they, they go through things very methodically, and they, they, they have a long history of watching their players play and who, and who their pool of players is for a particular tournament. Atu Ratti played <laughs> in the World Junior Tournament <laughs> in 2020. Okay, right. as, as a player, right, as a young player. And he, and he acquitted himself very well. So it's not like the Finns all of a sudden said, we don't like this guy. They went into the tournament, and the coaches have, have, have some input in this, and they, they evaluate and go, okay, this is what we're looking for. Now, I, I do know that the Finns, and keep in mind, the Finns won the bronze medal at the, at the World Junior Tournament in Edmonton. Let's consider this, is that they looked at Atu and they said, he doesn't score enough to, to play in our top two lines. 
and we're looking for something different in our bottom two lines. That was the rationale that was expressed to me. I'm not going to start telling Finland that they're wrong and I'm right, but the, but at least I know what and I understand what what went into their decision. Now, to your question about how does it impact the player, I think it can impact the player's confidence. I think it can uh, certainly uh, have a, a, an adverse effect of, well, geez, how good am I? I'm not allowed to go there. Players are watching. They understand, you know, where their ranking and where their rating is uh, in the draft, and they always want to put their best foot forward. So an opportunity there that is lost can impact the player. And certainly, you know, for NHL scouts and personnel that are evaluating the players, not having that opportunity, how much waiting are you going to put on that he didn't make the team? How much waiting are you going to put on what he did in the league? What are you going to put on the waiting for previous years? And then put that all together to project. That's the essence of it, Dean. And mm -hmm. so to me, when I go, I, like I feel that, that 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 is the exercise that needs to take place in evaluating every player, but certainly in the case of Atu Ratty, uh, Atu Ratu, I guess it's Ratu, it's not Ratty. I keep calling him Ratty, but it's Ratu. Uh, Atu Ratu uh, is that, you know, this is something that you got. You, you have to look at and look at deeper because he, he's got those attributes. He's got elements that I think are really, really, really good NHL quality. Now, comes down to putting a stake in the ground. Look what happened with Hendricks Lapierre last year. Mm -hmm. And so what happens? Hendricks Lapierre and uh, had a had a had a concussion in November of 2019. Never played another game. Never played another game. Well, he played a few before the draft because the Quebec League had started up, right? But like, in my view, there was no question he was a top ten pick in the in the in the draft. Should have been going in, no question. He slipped to the twenties. Peyton Krebs hurt his uh, had had an Achilles heel uh, uh, injury. Mm -hmm. I think it affected his his draft status or draft selection position, his draft position. So to, to think that it won't happen with Adi Ratty and to think that it doesn't go through the minds of scouts, well, that would be naive because it does. Yeah, and, and it's it's so uh, Hendricks Lapierre, there was a massive bidding war for him in the UFHL last year because, uh, you know, there's certain people that recognized uh, the the talent despite the lack of, uh, you know, playing time and things like that. And and Maddie Beneers could very well go first overall in our league uh, as where, you know, points are valued and, and, and offense is valued. So obviously yeah. the differences uh, with uh, fantasy and uh, the, the actual league. All right, I want to just close with asking you, about uh, the the word out there, Andre Tournier uh, could be the new Arizona Coyotes head coach as they're talking, and uh, this is a guy with a uh, a pretty good uh, resume uh, for himself, isn't doesn't he? Well, you know, one of the things with Andre, and I I think Andre should be uh, one of uh, a candidate and a strong candidate for an NHL head coaching position because not only do I think he's quality and qualified, I th I, I think he's closing in on readiness now does that mean he's not ready now no he could be absolutely ready you know andre will know that he also will benefit from his time as an assistant coach in colorado you know i think that you know you watch how a bench is handled you watch how how, how scenarios play out and you, you you can say okay these are things i agree with these are things that maybe i would do differently you extend them over back into junior hockey where I mean, he's, he's had tremendous success. Now 
he goes to the world championships and, and he watches Gerard Gallant, right, handle a uh, different s situation. So it's not just uh, for me, does Andre have the qualifications? Does he have the ability or, and the desire? I think the answer is yes on, on, on all those accounts. But he also has to evaluate the team he's going to. And, you know, uh, it, you know there's lots of reports about Arizona. So th th does the situation in Arizona afford him, you know, the opportunity to be the best he can be? I'm, I'm not saying you have to hand pick, you know, uh, and be dropped into a great situation. But that's part of the evaluation. But here's what I would say to Andre. Your opportunities aren't going to diminish. Mm -hmm. They're going to enhance. Make sure that you're comfortable with the opportunity that you're uh, not only considering, but ultimately will take. Because it's not just about coaching in the NHL. It's about having a chance to coach successfully in the NHL. And I think that Andre can do that very well. But he, he's got to understand what the expectations are and if, if this is a scenario that can work for him. Yeah, uh, sometimes people get so wrapped up and I got to get to the NHL, I'll take any uh -huh. job. And you have to just make sure that situation is right for you and it's going to be stable and, and, and all of that has to go into it. You can't just grab the first one. Just, listen, there's only 32 jobs out there, so people are anxious to get one. But you mentioned it. He, if he doesn't take this one, there are going to be others as long as he keeps doing what he has been doing. Well, and I, I, I have no question in my mind he'll continue to do what he's been doing, which is, which is coach at a high, high elite level. He, he's, he, I think he's outstanding. Awesome. Uh, we have no show next week. I'm going to be vacationing in Cold Lake, which we could all use a cold lake to jump into right now with these high 30s, uh, almost 40 degree temperatures that we're having. So you get the week off and uh, I look forward to your uh, scouting list uh, coming out and I get to uh, your, your list uh, coming out and I get to read that while I'm on vacation and we'll catch up uh, when I return. Thanks so much, Craig. Stay hydrated. Did you see me rolling my eyes when you told me you're going to Cold Lake? There's nothing more I would like than to be able, in the summertime, is to jump in a nice, natural cold lake. Yeah. Uh, but you're going to have that opportunity. Great. I'm glad I previewed my top six yes. uh, players on, on my ranking. It's going to come out on July 8th. So you know, our, our viewers and listeners now know, and I guess on July 8th, you'll see the rest of that list. Yeah. Our timing uh, worked out perfectly. Thanks so much, Craig. <laughs> Thank you, Dean. This is a serious message. Craig Button joins us on the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Hotline. Become a scout and make money while providing prospects to the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League. What'd you talk about, mister? Pay that man his money. I'm your huckleberry. Check out the details at www.uffsports.com. It's serious. I like it a lot. I said we gotta win it. UFFS, you own the game. TSN, the director of scouting, as mentioned. Nice little sneak peek into his uh, top six, and his uh, full list will come out next week. Uh, I'll definitely be checking that out while uh, I'm on vacation. And also in the next little while, we'll bring you Craig's counsel. Uh, Craig will give you some uh, scouting tips, all kinds of fun things uh, that you can do and you can uh, get involved with, uh, whereas you can ask questions, whether it's about a specific story, 
uh, or a uh, scouting tip. So we'll do that uh, just uh, probably two weeks after the NHL draft. You can email your questions to trackingthedraft at gmail.com. We'll add it to the list of topics we already have. There's the website, www.uffsports.com. Uh, you can sign up to get in on the, the UFAFL auctions. And, man, is that going to be a wild time in Vegas. You will have a good time uh, for sure. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. If you enjoyed it, uh, please subscribe, uh, leave us a review, let us know what you think. Just hit that bell on YouTube and you'll get an update every time we put a show out. going to say goodbye now. Big thanks to Craig Button, of course, for his time, his passion, and his knowledge. You, uh, the listener and the viewer, uh, for keeping this show going. I love the questions and the feedback that we get. If you'd like to get involved with the show as an advertiser or you just have a question, trackingthedraft at gmail.com. This is where the stars of tomorrow are discovered and discussed you can find out more great shows on our YouTube channel, UFSN. The UFFS podcast every second Sunday, Two Minute Tuesday with Darren Bates. Tracking the draft, this show, as mentioned, comes out Wednesday. Full Count Fantasy Baseball is live Thursday mornings at noon Eastern. UFHL now on Friday. And the Ultimate Roundtable once a month on Saturdays. As mentioned, the stars of tomorrow are discovered and discussed here We'll chat in two weeks. Enjoy the heat. Stay hydrated, everybody.